Welcome, everybody. This is the Glass City Game Time Podcast. My name is Corey Crisson. This week, we are all over the Big Ten and the shockwaves sent throughout the sports world with the big announcement this week, the conference announcing the first Power Five conference to do so, that it is postponing all fall sports. And yes, unfortunately, that does include college football. So, in lieu of that news, we are joined by Blade Sports writer Ashley Bastock. She has been all over this story and all over this news. Ashley, how are you? Did you get some sleep last night? Barely, you know. I think it was one of those instances where, I don't know about you, but whenever like I'm involved in any major breaking news, I definitely have excess adrenaline that kind of needs to leave my system so um yeah this was definitely i think pent up for two days since this really started building late sunday night and then obviously didn't happen until tuesday um so it was definitely a lot got as much sleep as i could manage but you know a story like this you're you're thankful for what you do get Yeah, I've had those mornings where I've woken up and I'm like, oh, crap, I missed the deadline. And it's like, no, I made deadline last night and I just slept like that's normal. You know, we got to got to have that, too. I know you're you're insanely busy. I'm probably taking up a lot of your writing time right now. So let's get right into this. And you had the front page of the blade, the Big Ten postponing its fall sports season, including football. You've read the statements from the Big Ten and Ward Manuel and Gene Smith, and you've heard Mike DeWine's comments of course the governor of ohio what do you make of this whole situation in kind of a bundle if you will summarize sense of this so i think the biggest thing that caught my my eye right away was in that initial statement from the big 10 when it said and i'm going to pull it up so i can uh read the quote directly but um you know the conference added with announcing that it was going to be postponing all fall sports seasons, not just football, but all of these fall sports seasons, it added, and I'm going to quote directly, that it will continue to evaluate a number of options regarding these sports, including the possibility of competition in the spring. Decisions regarding winter and spring sports will all continue to be evaluated. Um, So I think there was some confusion at first when this news initially broke that, oh, they're postponing the, the spring and that was it. Um, when really, to me, what this release was saying is we just haven't eliminated that possibility of playing in the spring. You aren't necessarily promised a spring season, but it is possible. Um, but, you know, I think, and I wrote about this actually on Monday, there are so many questions surrounding playing in the spring that are going to have to be answered very, very soon. So, to me, that was just especially striking that, you know, they – They've left this possibility open, but we don't know that it's going to happen. And, you know, for me especially, it's like how much is really going to change? Say you want to start stuff in January. How much is really going to change over these next four-plus months? Like how do we know that a season is going to be viable? Um, There's just way too much with this pandemic. Uh, Nothing is set in stone. So to me, the overarching thing is the Big Ten did not provide a lot of concrete answers. So uh, for that, I understand coaches and players' frustrations because they have not led out front with this as a conference. Um, and the NCAA has been even worse. So 
I think we just saw an extension of that on Tuesday by, again, them not really providing any concrete answers, and I think it's them hedging their bets. But uh, we saw how well that worked yesterday and, and Monday when there started to be a lot of backlash from players and coaches about this imminent decision and them feeling like they didn't have a say. So um, I really do think the conference needs to explain itself and really show its work, and maybe some of that backlash will go away. But um, I'm honestly not too hopeful that that's something that's going to happen. Some people might have been blindsided by this, but those that are paying close attention to the situation, of course, you're one of them, might have seen this coming. I don't know if it's a lack of planning or a poor plan that was in place because to me, the vibe felt like the Big Ten was riding along the idea of this conference-only schedule. Football camps started, and then it's like, oh, crap, we have to plan for a season now. Do you feel like the Big Ten handled all of this well? I know they were the first to shut it down, and that's hard to do in itself. Do you feel like this whole situation was handled well, or maybe they pulled the plug too early? What do you feel about that? I personally don't think it was handled very well, and you know, I think the Big Ten has really prided itself as a league on standing together, and with this decision, that has not happened at all. There has been open criticism of presidents. There's been open criticism of Kevin Warren. You had Nebraska come out and essentially say, yeah, we're going to consider like playing wherever we can. Um, I don't think it was handled well, and I think that they showed a real lack of leadership in you know, how they were going to go about making this decision. And for me, I think the biggest thing is the optics of this are hard to explain to people when you say six days prior, here's our schedule, and here we have built in, you know, four to six weeks of things, uh, of open weeks that we can delay games potentially, that we can push the start of the season back. So when you frame it that way, um, I think you're giving false hope in a sense. Like you're saying, we don't have to start on September 5th. We can start as late as September 26th if we had to. Um, okay, but then you didn't even give that plan a chance. So I understand the frustration in that regard, and I I think it says a lot that I understand that when I was a person who I've been saying for weeks, months, that I didn't think it was going to happen. I did not think we were going to see one college football game in the Big Ten this year. Um and I still think they managed to go about this in the worst possible way. Um, and, and not to just blame the Big Ten, the NCAA as well has basically said, we're, we're washing our hands of this for right now, and these individual institutions where the conferences can decide. Um, it's like they nobody wants to be the bad guy. So in that way, I also kind of feel for the people in the Big Ten who did have to make this decision and have to be the bad guy because it's kind of embarrassing, honestly, that – the NCAA has been so unwilling to involve themselves at the Division One level um, in dealing with this. So overall, I just think it has been handled so poorly by everyone in power to make the decision about this season. Um, and I don't blame the coaches and players for kind of speaking out because it's also, I think, pretty awful that their voices were not heard in this process when they're the ones who this directly affects, no matter what the outcome of the decision was going. So let's go in that direction. You bring up Scott Frost, you bring up Nebraska, the fact that Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh and James Franklin, all of these Big Ten coaches, most Big Ten coaches, I should say, and you heard some of the players as well, namely Justin Fields, who, of course, a Heisman candidate, likely top NFL draft pick, 
on Monday, they had these like Hail Mary attempts to plea, let's have a season. We want to play. Were those Hail Mary attempts even considered at all, do you think? Or did that really give the Big Ten any sense of maybe we should try to figure this out? Because it seems like it didn't at all. Yeah, no, I mean, I think if they really had influenced them, we would have seen them say, we're pushing this entire schedule back to September 26th with these bye weeks um, intact even still to give ourselves even more of a cushion. Um, and that just didn't happen. I, I don't think that they really did consider. Um, again, I think it, it might be impossible to know because obviously – um, I think if you're listening to this podcast, you know things on Monday really spiraled quickly. There were rumors that a vote had already taken place, and then that kind of got walked back. And for a while I was thinking, oh, like maybe this backlash is making them uh, consider it. But, you know, it doesn't make sense. Like those people in charge who to vote, the presidents, the chancellors, um, the conference commissioner, all that stuff, they're they're not paying attention to what sports writers, to what fans are saying, Um they're paying attention to people like lawyers and doctors, and that's, I think, who is really going to affect this decision. Um, but again, I, I think that those aren't necessarily the only people whose voices they should be listening to. Um, and, 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 you know, I thought Jim Harbaugh's statement on Monday was great. Michigan is a school that, for right now, did manage to figure this out. Um, I know there were zero positive tests in their you know, most recent, I think, 353 tests just of football players. Uh, that's pretty impressive what they were able to do. They had no stoppages and workouts. Um, it, it's understandable that in his statement, he essentially said, we will invite anyone to come see how we have managed to do this uh, in hopes of having a season. So I do think there is certainly room for them to listen to the voices of coaches and players while also listening to people like scientists, like doctors, um, who also have a say in this because obviously it is a pandemic that's killed hundreds of thousands of people. So it is important to take those voices into context, but it's also important, I think, to at least make coaches and players feel like they are being heard when they are the ones who are directly impacted by any decision when it comes to having a season versus not having a season or postponing a season. So whether this was the right or the wrong decision, let me rephrase that the correct or incorrect decision, that's going to be figured out way down the line. Perception can be reality with this. In some ways, people think it was the right call, it was the wrong call. That's all opinion, and that's all something that's going to obviously be played out here over the next few months. But what can be discussed right now is the method behind the madness. And you bring up that the Big Ten seem really intent on listening to the experts, the doctors, of course, lawyers, university chancellors and presidents getting involved. The Big Ten has cited these medical references, but they've been in very vague contexts. So does the Big Ten plan on revealing any of that information? Or are we just going to have to sit here and think, okay, the experts said no, so we can't play football? I mean, I truly hope they do reveal that information. And, you know, let, let me stress like that. Obviously, there are huge health complications that can happen if you do get coronavirus. It's not a, you know, this dichotomy of you're either completely fine or you're dead. Like, there are a lot of chronic medical issues that can arise from this, which um, obviously earlier in the week we saw multiple reports about this myocarditis, a rare heart condition that, you know, has been found more commonly 
with patients who have tested positive for coronavirus. Um, and on Tuesday, I believe, some higher-up Big Ten officials did leak that the conference was aware of at least 10 student athletes that had developed this after testing positive for coronavirus. So it's obviously understandable that that is a huge concern for them, and I think it's a valid concern that they are looking out for these athletes beyond their playing career. However, I think you also have to show your work in that instance. Like I said, it's not just enough to say that and say it in broad terms and to have the commissioner go on BTN and essentially obfuscate when that topic gets brought up. You have to explain that, and I think the flip side of that is also when it comes to the safety of student-athletes, you have to consider how safe it is for them to be playing two seasons in a calendar year. That's the other flip side of the student-athlete safety coin for me. So um, I get they, they can say that safety is important all they want, but I think it's just as important for them to kind of go into more detail on what exactly they found, what exactly um, this task force for emerging infectious diseases found um, that they were relying on because this is obviously a huge decision with huge ramifications. I know that Ward Manuel has been on record saying no students equals no sports, meaning that if Michigan, University of Michigan, we'll just use that as an example right now, if the University of Michigan couldn't get the rest of the student body per se onto campus, then sports could not happen. However, it seems like, I will use the University of Michigan as an example, is slowly start to matriculate those students back onto campus. Is there a sense that the conference was afraid of that intermingling once students that are non-athletic participants, non-student athletes get back onto campus? Was there a fear that those student athletes mix in and that you do start seeing these positive test spike? I mean, what do you think the methodology is behind getting students back on campus and how that can relate to athletics? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily got the sense from, say, like their statement that that went into the decision-making. But, I mean, I do think, obviously, anyone with common sense would understand that, that the more students there are on campus, the more of a concern that is. Um, you know, if we're talking hypotheticals, for me, I said what makes the most sense is you create as much of a bubble environment as you can, have all student athletes in the conference take online classes and essentially say, like, okay, here are your online classes. You can be in the facility. Um, be smart otherwise. Like, essentially set boundaries for, you know, not going to bars, not going to parties, things like that. But then I also get the flip side of how fair is it when you're talking about, you know, kids who are not being paid, who are not professionals. That's a lot of sacrifices to ask them to make. But, you know, if they wanted to, they want a season, um, I also don't think it's out of the question to maybe present them with that, which comes to this broader issue of how we see we see all, saw all these Power Five players uniting on Monday, um, and one of their requests was in the future to essentially have a players' association formed. Um, I do think that right there is going to be a huge turning point in the future because I do think college athletes want to see at the table to be able to talk about these things. Um, and I think it's only fair for them to sort of have a say here. Um, but, yeah, I, I think overall the more students there are on campus with traveling to, uh, it's understandable why that's a concern. But also when you have the money to do this constant testing, um, I think there was a lot of thought that it could be mitigated to some extent. So, 
you know, who who's to say really how much that played a factor into it, but I certainly think it's a possibility. So you were part of the press conference again with Ryan Day, the, the head coach at Ohio State. Some of the bullet points, just reading through them, you know, he's talked about spring football. He's talked about getting the gears going to prep for a spring season, which, according to him, he would expect it to start sometime in January. How do you feel like that could work? And I know that Day kind of outlined a little bit how he would perceive it. Do you think that could be a realistic thing for the Big Ten to play a spring season? Well, I think if they are going to play it, it would have to essentially be what he proposed. That it, w- it would have to be a shortened season, maybe like eight weeks, um, and it would have to start as soon as January. Um, and especially from Ohio State's perspective, where it, if that season starts much later, you're going to have all of your guys who are looking to go to the NFL probably fit. If I'm Justin Fields and that season starts in March, there is absolutely no reason for me to play another down of college football. Um but, you know, I, I do think, too, from the perspective of not just guys who are going to be leaving from the NFL, but players returning, it would be absolutely insanity for them asking them to play, like, 24 games in less than 10 months. That's nuts when you're talking about this pushback 2020 season into the 2021 fall season. Um, so I do think what he proposed is the only way to make it happen. Now, if it's doable... I, I'm not sure, given with where things are going to be in January with this pandemic, um, if the Big Ten's going to feel any better about letting teams practice and play one another and travel and do all that stuff. Um, but I do think the plan he, how he outlined it, um, does make spring football doable, which is essentially you start it as early as possible and you shorten the season to somewhere around eight games. So. This long-term effect, obviously, eligibility is a huge deal with looking at players like Justin Fields, who is NFL draft eligible, and what the NFL does in relation to all this, obviously yet to be seen. Is there an issue with eligibility and even recruiting going forward that, I I guess we can talk about Ohio State and Michigan in a vacuum here, that either of those schools should be worried about as a result of this? Well, and Ryan Day said there need to be answers fast on this spring season because of things like eligibility and recruiting. Like, if spring is not is played, that kind of answers a lot of these questions. Um, he did also say he would advocate that mid-year students be able to play if there are games in January, February, March, whatever, um, because it would be in the same calendar year as the 2021 season to have that only count for one year of eligibility. So that, to me, I think would take care of itself essentially – the scholarship limit would arguably, like, take care of itself. Um, but, again, that's why you need to have answers. Um, and the quote he said today is, this has to take weeks. It can't take months. It just can't for all these reasons. So, um, of course, if there are no games actually played, the 85 scholarship limit on the roster overall, the 25 given per year, um, I think those both have to be expanded, essentially. Um, there's obviously a fear if the SEC, if the ACC, if the Big 12, if they all go forward and do end up having games, how that impacts recruiting in the future if you're a Big 10 or a Pac-12 school, um, because, you know, you then have to justify that to these other recruits. Um, so, so I think there's a lot of ifs there, but 
I definitely think all of these questions need to be answered and need to be answered as soon as possible. Um, and Michigan's recruiting director, Matt Dudek, even tweeted today, like, similar sentiment. There are so many questions with recruiting, with scholarships, um, that Ohio State and Michigan, every Big Ten school right now is looking for answers on this stuff, and they deserve them because, let's be real, they haven't gotten answers really up until this point on the state of this season. So this really needs to be ironed out because it's the biggest ramification of the decision on Tuesday. Final thought here. Where does the Big Ten go from this point? That's a good question because, again, I think it goes back to needing to answer these most basic questions about the spring. I don't know. I mean, we could look back on this in six months and be like, well, the Big Ten was really the trailblazer here. But, you know, I think if these other three Power Five conferences do end up playing, you're only going to see more backlash from recruits, from fans, um, all this stuff. I mean, this week, as far as unity in the Big Ten, it was a terrible week for that. Because, as I said earlier, you see coaches and players outwardly expressing their disappointment in the conference, uh, leaders, essentially. Um, but I, I think only time can tell how this decision will be perceived in the future. Um, again, obviously, we're dealing with a pandemic. So as somebody who never really expected a season to happen, I understand the decision, while at the same time kind of am dismayed by how the decision was announced, I guess, how they worked through it, how they haven't really provided details or shown their work. Um, so I think all of those things have to happen in order for them to kind of restore some of that goodwill, I think, that they lost with coaches, players, and fans um, earlier this week. Yeah, regardless of damage control and how much PR work they do around this, there's no erasing the fact that this is a very melancholy and it's just a sad and it sucks. You know, this whole thing is not what we all wanted, but... At the end of the day, this is a result of a lot of different things accumulating, and here we are. No Big Ten sports in the fall, and we'll see what happens with the rest of the college sports world. Pac-12, too, I must add as well. No Pac-12 either. Ashley, again, I know you're very busy, so thank you for taking the time to join me and to discuss all of this stuff. All right. Thanks, Corey. All right. There you go. That's Ashley Bastock. She covers Michigan and, of course, now the Big Ten for the Blade, an ongoing situation very much in the college sports world. The Big Ten, the Pac-12, already putting off fall sports, and we'll see what happens with the other three Power Five conferences. Of course, the Mid-American Conference has already postponed fall sports as well. Thanks again to Ashley, and thank you for listening to this episode of Glass City Game Time. If you enjoyed the show or want to listen to previous episodes, there are plenty of ways to do so. You can check us out every week on ToledoBlade.com, on Blade News Slide, and on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Just search Glass City Game Time and you will find us. Please subscribe, and if you have not done so yet, we do appreciate that. And please like and share this episode. So, for Ashley Bastock, my name is Corey Crisson. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.